life is a two-way highway, right? Just because you have a rich dad doesn't mean you need to be spoiled and you need to be raised like some other kids that he saw that were not in the right circles of friends. And so I've always been like that, and that's what I'm doing with my kids today. That's why that's the advice I'm giving my kids. Hello, and welcome to Here in L.A., Granada Hills edition. Today we sit down with a dude named Sergio, who might just be the smartest Uber driver ever. Sergio is a finance whiz who spent some time on Wall Street, but in 2016, as a hobby, started driving for Uber and Lyft, and he got sucked in. Not because of all the money he was making, which was a lot more than your average Uber driver, but because of the people. The passengers in the back had great stories, they had beautiful hearts, and they took him to every nook and cranny in LA, and it was a joy. Sergio tells me that he doesn't have the radio on when people come come in, because uh, he wants to encourage a good conversation, and he almost always gets one. So here you will see a good conversation about Sergio and about how he emigrated from Turkey to the US, how he learned English, and what muscle car he bought when he first came to LA. Special shout out to Harry, the rideshare guy, for introducing me to Sergio. Thank you, and if anybody else has cool people that they want to turn us on to, don't be afraid to ask. If uh, we're into it, we will ask what neighborhood do they live in, and if you know, then we probably will do it. As you can tell, Sergio is a star, so let's rock. I am here in beautiful Granada Hills on a windy day with Sergio Avidian. Avidian. Sergio, God bless you. Thank you for having me here in your beautiful home today. Thank you, Tony. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, are you from Los Angeles? Uh, no, I was not born in the U.S. actually. I was born in Istanbul, Turkey. What's, what's Turkey like? Turkey is wonderful. Um, one of the most beautiful countries in the world, to be honest with you, uh, except that most uh, Armenians wouldn't agree with that since I'm Armenian as well. Um, so born in Istanbul, Turkey, went to uh, school in Germany, finished high school in Germany. In German? In in German, yeah. The, it's called Deutsche Schule. So I, I forgot my German pretty much, but, uh, you know, with a little reminder, I probably can push myself to speak the language. But you got a college degree while speaking and writing in German. Uh, no, not a college degree. That was my high school. High school, I'm sorry. I, in German, right. And I did not know any English whatsoever when I came to the U.S. Uh, because then I went back to Turkey and finished college there. It's called Boazici University. So I have a degree in finance. And then um, at the time, you know, Turkey was having some political issues with the uh, leftist and the right, you know, whatever you want to call them. Um, so my parents suggested that I, I uh, leave the country. It would be safer. I'd be their scout. I'd be the family scout. Where do we go? Well, I, I wanted to go back to Europe because I'm familiar with Europe, in, mostly to all the countries in Europe. And now they want me to go to the U.S. Well, I don't speak English. So here is a 17-and-a-half-year-old <laughs> in a plane uh, with the mindset that, you know, U.S. is going to be very difficult to handle without speaking the language. Well, I, I improvised most of the time. What part of L.A. did you arrive in? Uh, I, I arrived, obviously, L.A., and then um, I had a cousin in Hollywood, West Hollywood. Um, so I found a spot, a one-bedroom apartment, once I told my dad that this is it, this is good. Plus, um, as being Armenian, I noticed that there were a lot of, you know, Armenian signs right down the street. So where do I move in? Right at the corner of Vermont and Los Feliz. There's a Chevron station. I, I know it well. There's apartment right above that one. A friend of mine used to live in that, th those white, beautiful two-story yeah, apartments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super close to the Greek theater, Griffith Super Park. close to everything, pretty much, yeah. Yes. I lucked out. I didn't know anything about it. But one advantage I had was I had come here with, two friends of mine that I knew since I was three years old. So we took the first three levels of the apartments. Like <laughs> I was in the middle, my friend was on the first floor, and then my other friend was on the top floor. So here we are in LA, you know, 
So this is like the mid 90s? No, no, no. This is early. uh, I would say this is early to mid 80s. Early to mid 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Three single guys. Three single guys. Three one bedroom apartments. Three one bedroom apartments. In Los Feliz. Which is nice. It was nice then. It changed quite a bit now, but it was still okay. I I think it's great now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's better now. Yeah. To be honest with you. And. Did any of you guys speak English? No. They had graduated from high school in France. Fluent in France, fluent German, and we're here. <laughs> Three of us. So, so so how did you learn English? Oh, yeah, great question. So so I, I'm a graduate already of college, but I got to learn English. Um, so we obviously were young. We're, we're silly and, you know, we buy ourselves cars. All three of us. What kind did you get? Uh, I got a, a Mustang. My friend got a Camaro. And my other friend, typical Armenian, uh, you know, and my other friend ended up getting the, a Firebird with that bird picture on the hood. The, the, the uh, Smoking the Bandit car. Yeah, yeah, Smoking the Bandit car with the T-tops. Exact same car. So, uh, so, <laughs> so here we go. Three Armenians in L.A., young kids with no idea of what to do, how to do it. You know, in, in those days, I don't think even Google Google Maps existed. No, <laughs> so, no. so well, the Thomas Guide. Uh, yeah, yeah, Thomas Guide. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that was the Google that was back it. then. That was Google Maps then. So you know, we're living the life. Um, we're going out trying to pick up girls, obviously with no English, you know. But then we thought the cars would help. <laughs> Did they help? Uh, to a point, yeah. I started going to Glendale College. Literally in six eight months, my English had improved tremendously. Because the other thing is English, I think, is a really easy language to learn. It mm-hmm. may be shocking to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Because like German, like it is in Spanish. Um, I mean, Armenian is any... I speak fluent Armenian and Turkish. So those have nothing... They're like Russian or Chinese. They have nothing to do with the English language. They're not Latin-based languages. Um, so since I knew German and the other two knew French, you know, uh, both, both languages have female and male uh verbiage you know for for a table you know you say two different words you have to think differently english i found quite easy because a lot of the words i already knew belonged in english anyway so in about seven eight months i was reasonably fluent i mean i wouldn't be like this today or i wouldn't sit down and have a political conversation with you for three hours but it was enough to make me survive you, you could hit on a girl. Yeah, for sure. At that time, yeah, the game got really strong, right? And, and you know, I was like, all right, now now we can survive. My parents emigrated. Then the house hunting started. Then uh, <laughs> they figured, well, there are a lot of Armenians in Northridge. <laughs> Let's move to Northridge. I didn't know this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are there still a lot of Armenians there in are, Northridge? Yeah, there are. Huh. And now we're in Granada Hills is becoming little Armenia of Glendale, basically. Well, and I guess that makes sense because Northridge is kind of at the bottom of this hill. Yes. On the other side of the yes. 118. And, you know. Very close. If if, if 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 you're making some good money. Yeah. Or if your dad, like you're saying, has, has some money. At that time, yeah. You, you might start in Northridge. Yep. But end up on the top of the hill. Yeah. Well, at, at, believe me, when I say this, 30 years ago, these houses were not here. This house was built actually in 1989 or, nine, yeah, 89. It, it, that makes sense because yeah. I don't see any old houses up here. No, we have, you know, these are track homes, but everybody has worked on them, obviously. But uh, literally, there were no homes here. On the way here, I saw some spectacular houses. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to yours. Oh, no, no, absolutely. But like, ridiculously. Yeah. Almost gaudy houses. Yeah. Oh yeah, if you drove up on Louise Avenue, yeah, on <laughs> your did. left, yeah, yeah, you saw a bunch of those. They're all Armenian. <laughs> Are those Armenian people? Well, when you see those houses, they're all Armenian. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't even know what that is, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, but, but I'll tell you this: I saw one that had a giant like Greek statue. Oh yeah. Of a fountain, and then a little statue of Jesus. Okay. Well, I have to look at that one closely. I don't know. I don't know which one that is. Uh, you mentioned Muslim. Are you Muslim or are you? No, um, we're Christian. We're Christian. Yeah, we're Armenian. Armenian. All Armenians are Christians. Okay. So um, a lot of people say, "Oh, you're from Turkey. You must be Turkish." Uh, no, we're not Turkish. We're Armenian. We're the oldest people on the planet, basically, other than the Lydians. Uh, so we're about a four thousand. We have a four thousand year old history. Um, so no, we're all, all Armenians are Christians, but they have different sects of Christianity. 
There are some that are Gregorian, some are Catholic, so that's a different story. But religiously, we're all Christian. Even though I, uh, well, let me ask you this then. Are you a religious person? Uh, no, I am not a religious person. I believe in God, Yep. but I'm, you're not going to find me at church every Sunday. Do you pray at night? Uh, be honestly, no. <laughs> I would hope you'd be honest. Yeah, I'm being. I'm trying to be honest. I was a politically correct answer, maybe. Yeah, uh, have you raised your kids to be religious? No. Are they religious anyways? No. Did you send them to religious schools? No. Is your wife religious? Mm, no. <laughs> Is she Armenian? She's definitely Armenian from another country called Iraq. Was it important for your family for you to marry a, an Armenian girl? I will tell you a quick story about that. So when my parents showed up, uh, we bought this beautiful farm-style house in Northridge with a pool, guest house. It was a dream singles party house. I don't know why they bought it. I actually, you know, I've been here over a year since before they showed up. So I recommended, why don't we just, because we're in Istanbul. Istanbul is surrounded by three bodies of water. So, you know, we're very used to seeing the ocean. Well, in there, we don't have the ocean, obviously. We have smaller bodies of water, like the Aegean or the Mediterranean, right? So I said, why don't we just go maybe like Malibu or, or Pacific Palisades or uh, Marina del Rey, right? They go, no, there are a lot of Armenians there. You know, we want to go where the Armenians are. I'm like, uh, where the Armenians are not. They're, where they, 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 they yeah, want to be with They want to be in Northridge, where the Armenians were. And, and at the same time, when my parents moved, there was almost like an exodus out of Turkey by the Armenian community because they were nervous. They were all well-to-do people. They had the money and they were nervous about, you know, the military taking over because as we know the history of Armenians, we had the genocide in 1914. That was the physical genocide, which a lot of Armenians were slaughtered, but the more important one, there was there is a financial genocide that took place that nobody knows about. In 1956, the Turkish government came and took over every single penny Armenians had and all their real estate, every asset that they had, they took over. They nationalized it. So that really broke the back. And my dad had memories of those, obviously. And he said, you know, before this kind of thing happens again, let's just get out of here. How was he able to hold on to his wealth? Um in the 70s and 80s? Well, he was a very good businessman. We owned, um, well, for that time it was super modern. We owned uh, leather factories. So rawhide would come in on one end and shoes and bags would go out the other end. Nice. You know, huge business with partners. He would make me work every summer. You know, I would come from like thinking I'm going to vacation in, in Istanbul, ride my little 20 horsepower, you know, Johnson outboard and jump waves. No, he would make me put the boots on and get into this, you know, place that literally smelled like a slaughterhouse because you're dealing with raw hide. Raw hide means they just slaughtered the cow yeah. and they dumped it in front of your door. So now you have to deal with all kinds of chemicals to do clean this up and make an actual leather out of it. Not a sexy summer. Nope, nope. But then, you know, it taught me a lot of good things, though, because with, the, with my first weekly paycheck, I'm like 13, maybe 14 I was. He said, now go buy your mother something. Ooh. Yeah. So that was like, it was like, uh, we were well to do, but I was never spoiled to the point of, oh, here's a new BMW. You just hit 15 or here's a new Porsche. I'm like, nah, it wasn't like that. It was always, I'm the, I was the single child, by the way. I was an only child. Oh. So I would get, you know, all of the love and all of the hate and all of the pressure or whatever. But he always taught me that life is a two way highway. Right. Just because you have a rich dad doesn't mean you need to be spoiled and you need to be raised like some other kids that he saw that were not in the right circles of friends. And so I've always been like that. And that's what I'm doing with my kids today. That's why that's the advice I'm giving my kids. rideshare guy hat right now uh, yes i <laughs> yes i am you have this beautiful house on top of this hill but you're also a, an uber and lyft driver yeah i i feel like you don't need to be an uber and lyft driver if you don't want to be no i don't need to be but then um 
after retiring, I was on Wall Street for 18 years, 19 years. I, I, had, I had gotten hired by this small Wall Street boutique firm. Is this the 90s now? Yeah. Well, early 90s, yeah. Was the stock market... Do, well, actually, the uh, stock uh, market had crashed in what, 87? Well, no, no, this was, this was... I'll give you the exact date. I got hired in 1984. So and you were there during so that I was there. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the 87 crash. Yeah. I was just, you know, getting myself together. Uh, and then I've seen the 90 mini meltdown. I've seen all of it. I've seen all of these debacles. I've seen, obviously, the 2000... You know, eight one. You know, I've seen all of it. What do you see right now? Uh, as far as the stock market is concerned, yeah. Or as far as the economy is concerned. See now, now I mean, just in, should should people feel but confident? They're different. I know they're different. Yeah. I mean, I am a dope, but I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could. Well, uh, let, let, let let me go even further than this. Yeah. What do you think about crypto? I think it's wonderful for a very, very long term on a very long term basis. So if if I because I, I'm okay, I'm being you know wide open here now, right? Yeah. Um, I think the fiat currency, well, for your listeners, that's called the U.S. dollar. Yeah. I think it's worthless. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But isn't the dollar like the standard around the globe? Uh, it is, and that's the only reason it is where it's at. Otherwise, I, I, I had a really argument discussion the other day with a good doctor friend of mine. Yeah. And I said, U.S. is exactly like Greece. The difference is we can print our own money. So is this because of um, all the money that was printed to get us through COVID? Or does it go further back mm, this than this? That goes back to 2008, the GFC or the Great Financial Crisis. Um you're blaming Obama for this? Uh, Obama had just... No, actually, Obama wasn't there. Obama came later. Um, the 2008 financial, great financial crisis um, happened. You know, we, we know what happened with the housing market, right? Everybody was refinancing every six months, taking money out. Instead of reinvesting or doing out, saving the money, they would go and spend the money. That's how the economy was getting pumped up those days, before the actual printing of money took place. So when everybody's houses went down 30, 40%, obviously all these loans went bad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we all, you know, we all remember the, what Wall Street created when it came to uh, packaging these loans and selling it all over the world and making billions and billions of dollars. But when shit hit the fan, shit hit the fan bad. So obviously a lot of the banks, well, they called it too big to fail. We can't fail anybody. That was the biggest mistake that they did. They should have let everybody fail. That's right. Because if you can't run a business with in good times, yeah, you know, obviously after a month and a half, you're shaking, you, you know, like a countrywide or a Bank of America was forced to take over countrywide. J.P. Morgan was, you know, they picked five big guys and they put all these bad loans into their books with the caveat that the Federal Reserve was going to basically lend them money on these loans that, are, that were worthless. So that's when the printing of money started and, right. and continues until today. So you believe in, in uh, crypto? Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, the, there has been um, people who've gotten their crypto stolen. Do you think that'll just security will improve over time? I, I think it's pretty secure. I mean, you, you, in order, look, you know, I, I, I equate that to uh, 30 years ago, there were bank robberies. Yeah. I mean, I would literally not see him but you would hear the sirens and then you would see cops in front of a bank and then the unmarked cars on hollywood boulevard b of a would get robbed right so to me that has all changed when was the last time you heard of a bank robbery so this is the way they they you know the bad guys are operating now right do you believe in nfts Uh, no that one i think is just like the stock market now it's baloney Uh, it's complete baloney so if i were to follow your advice a man on top of a hill with a swimming pool and a hot tub, I'd love to have one day. Oh, we'll uh, definitely get you some Armenian barbecue to go along with that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Armenian food in just a second. Uh, okay. <laughs> Looks like you got some marble floor down here. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, man, with all these things. Oh, you're making this sound like, you know, we're like, uh, we're in a palace. We're, not, we're just a decent house. That's it. Let's go there. It's a little better than decent. Okay, it's a little better than decent. <laughs> just average, average. I appreciate your, your humbleness. <laughs> I, but you're saying... If I was a smart person, 
I'd put a couple bucks into Bitcoin. Hundred <laughs> percent. And just and, relax. Well, no more than Bitcoin. A couple other ones, but uh, what, what other ones? Oh, probably Ethereum. I think is yeah. probably the better oh, one than a Bitcoin. Now I heard that these things are, kill the environment, though. Should I be concerned about uh, that? You know, look, there's both sides of that argument, right? So. Uh, killing the environment, yeah, to mine, obviously, if you know what kind of electricity it takes to mine uh, these things. But then, you know, the, the, the thing I like about Bitcoin and Ethereum, you know, both. Ethereum, because it has a proof of um, concept and, and, and it's there. I mean, a lot of contracts will be written pretty, pretty soon on Ethereum really? platform. Yeah. And Bitcoin, not as much. But by now, I would have thought, see, where I was wrong with Bitcoin and Ethereum, not in the price of it. I was wrong in the usage of it. But by now, I, I think I, I was gonna, I could have gone to Starbucks and buy a cup right. of coffee with, with, with a 0. 0.00001 of Bitcoin. <laughs> what I like about it, unlike the U.S. dollar, where the printing of it, well, they don't, by the way, you know that they don't even print anymore, right? They don't do printing. They turn their digital accounts and put just zeros in those Federal Reserve accounts. Mm. So they just can add as many zeros as they want and spend the money. So... <laughs> Which so, kills the value, right? Which, which, yeah, but well, that's that's why we have inflation now that is completely out of control. Which I wrote on RSG about the other day. I mean, you know, inflation is out of control. Yeah. Everything we're paying for since 2019 has doubled, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and to me, inflation is the biggest tax on the middle class, if there is any middle class left in the country. I'm with you, right? So, to me, why why create this animal, right? We don't need inflation. Inflation is a bad thing. I mean, look at these countries, you know, Venezuela's, we're not there yet, but obviously, yeah. you know, Venezuela's and, you know, all these countries with rich, actually, resources, but they're experiencing horrible things. Dying to talk to you about Uber. Okay, let's do it. You're an Uber expert. Uh, I am, yeah. And now I'm starting to understand why. Yeah, you understand now that I don't do anything half-ass. You don't? <laughs> I can't. That's my personality. If do I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it 100% all in. Um, that's, my, that's why I was like that on Wall Street. I would literally sit on people's throats for a quarter of a point. I mean, I've done this physically. <laughs> did, you, did you like The Wolf of Wall Street? I love that movie. <laughs> It was nothing like it, but I mean, look, it, like was, it? it was embellished, obviously, for the for the it's role. It's a nice parody of what you experienced. Uh, what I experienced was a little bit more mature, but uh, that I have heard things like that happen. So I am not going to say it did not happen, but I don't think it happened to that degree. So okay, so let's go to to Uber. Which, by the way, I've driven five thousand trips. Holy crap! I stopped um, about you, three years ago. Why did you stop? I was working on a, a project for the Academy of uh, Motion Pictures. Oh, okay. And in a weird way, I wanted to show them that I was sincere and all in on, yeah, yeah. on this thing. Yeah. And um, also, I had started so early in Uber, and they kept cutting the the, the fares. They have the and, scar tissue. <laughs> you know, and, and it was... And unlike you, I could never figure out a way around it. I could never figure out an angle to make good money. Well, look. In 2016, you didn't have to have an angle to 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 make money, good money. Because that's when I well, okay. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. ask you these questions, and you're going to make me feel terrible. Because I, it's not my intent, but to me, to be honest with you, in 2000, if you started driving Uber in 2016, oh, I started before that. Oh well, then you should have no complaints. But then I, you will have a lot of scar tissue, though. I have a lot. Well, well, here's here's the thing, though. My goal was to have my my trips on Uber pay for my car. And so I, I first started out with a um, a Ford C Max, which was basically a Prius. Perfect. It was perfect, but then they kept cutting the fares. Of course they did. So I switched <laughs> over to a uh, Mercedes, so that yeah, I could. Bad idea. It was a horrible to, to, idea. To, 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 uh, the select. Select, yeah. Oh, horrible idea. Horrible idea <laughs> because I learned. Uber doesn't deserve that. <laughs> they horrible do not. Idea. Neither do the passengers. Oh no! Because no, no, at that no, point, no. you could get no, a ride. I mean, I was so so. I was working at the Academy of Motion Pictures, okay. which is in Beverly Hills, and tried to make a grand a week on Uber. Yeah, yeah. 
And and my thinking was, well, I'm already in Beverly Hills when work is over. Yeah. So the, my first ride will probably be a select ride. And if I'm smart, I can probably figure out a way to get somebody to the airport. So that'll be 50 bucks right there. Those and, days, yeah. It, back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> and and nobody was tipping, so that's all. There was that, no tipping then. That's tipping right. Tipping didn't start until like 2018, I think. That's right. So, and and you know, every now and then my first ride was to the airport, which was great. But now I'm in the airport, which isn't always a great place to be um, to try to get another ride out. They eventually made it so it was much easier where as soon as you dropped off somebody, they'd, they'd give you a ride right. out. The V-match. The, the V-match suckers. <laughs> Which, oh, that's a sucker move? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm glad I'm, I'm sitting with the expert here. Always drive with here the we are new, now. new rides off. Always. New rides off. Every single time. Okay, so. <laughs> why, now, would I, why would I add to the existing driver base when I'm driving somewhere? I'll just turn the ride off. When I get to the spot, I'll turn my rides back on unless you're dealing with some other bonus or whatever. So, I w I've been in lots and lots of Facebook groups about Uber and Lyft. So have I. <laughs> and, well, then you know a lot of these people don't know what they're talking about. Not, nobody knows what they're, they're talking they're about. They're there to start fights. Yeah. They're there to talk about politics, which is like, yeah, why are we talking about that? Stupidest thing in the world. Uh, I just want to learn techniques. And so, you're yeah. wearing the rideshare guy hat. Yeah. What I like about Harry Campbell is all he cares about is techniques. Yeah. and technology and new ways that drivers can make yes. money and you are one of his correspondents yeah i'm his senior contributor and i literally i don't write anything but about strategy and how to how for the driver to make more money with with these you know crumbs that uber and lyft are offering these days because when i first started uber right okay <laughs> i would i call it shits and giggles i would do it for 40 hours a week and make three grand a week what? I have screenshots of it. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Starting in Granada Hills? Uh, it didn't matter where I started because there was so much demand and there was not enough drivers. What year was this? In 20, late 2016. Three I, grand a week. I felt like, like it was the opposite. And giggles. I felt like there was way too many drivers. Oh, absolutely not. Not then. If you think if there were too many drivers then, then fast forward to 2019. I'll show you some screenshots with... Eight Uber cars and eight Lyft cars every corner of L.A. That's when it's oversaturated. You believe those screens? 100%. I use it constantly. Interesting. I use it to get the heck away from the ants. So when you... <laughs> You call them the ants too. Hundred uh, percent. Because no, no, on this screen, no shame, no shame in calling. It's a derogatory names, term that some Uber drivers call uh, the, the people on the screens yeah, yeah. because you can see all these little dots. Yeah, they're on top. And of each other. and if the screen is accurate. Screen why is would accurate. you? Why Actually, would... okay, hold on. Tom. Go ahead. Screen is not accurate. Okay. Okay. The reason is they only show you eight. There's Every more. time. There's definitely more. So you, I, I challenge you to turn your Uber app on right now. I guarantee you, you will count eight cars. They only show eight. They don't show all of them. So if you know that there's eight, you should assume that there's more. 100%. So you need to go to some place where you don't even see... Uh, yeah, but you can't because every corner had eight and eight. Eight so, Ubers and eight so, Lyfts. So what's your, what's your technique then? <laughs> oh, well, first of all, um, when I started doing rideshare, the first thing I did, I went to uberpeople.net, you know, some of these Facebook pages. I'm reading comments. I wouldn't comment myself. So I go, I'm going to do this. Well, one of the reasons I got into Uber and Lyft was um, I had a good cabbie friend of mine. So just because I live here on Wall Street, this and that, I'm a humble person. Like, I value you for who you are as opposed to your jewelry or your car or whatever it is or where you live. So this cabbie friend of mine, Armenian, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're resourceful people. So, so he was a cabbie for 15 years before I even know him and limo driver. So he knew the, you know, the city of LA, like the back of his hand. So one day he says, I'm going to buy you lunch. Let's talk about something. I'm like, I go, what is it? He goes, I quit doing, I mean, I could do it being, you know, being a cabbie. I could, I said, why you're making good money. He goes, no, no, there's this thing that I'm doing now. I go, what is it? I go, it's Uber. I didn't even know what Uber was, honestly. And I were talking like 2012, maybe 2013. Right. So the very beginning. Very beginning, yeah. And actually, Uber came to L.A. in uh, July 4th of 2010. Mm. So keep that date in mind. So I said, okay. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I do this thing called Uber. I go, what is it? 
He goes, I just drive drunks around. I go, <laughs> I go, what? Drive drunks around? Why? He goes, it's stupid money <laughs> that, that I'm making. I'm like, I go, what kind of money could it be driving drunks around? He shows me his, you know, monthly receipts. And the first two years, he made over $160,000. Yeah, people were making good money yeah, back yeah, yeah. then. No, I'm, I'm, he, I still talk to him and he, he quit doing it because he got deactivated. Uh, <laughs> that's called, that's fired lingo for your listeners. What? Uber does fire people. It's called deactivation. Was he rude to passengers? No, no. No, I have a lot of friends who got deactivated for... A lot of friends? A lot of friends. In fact, one of them even made to the news uh, through my, with my help. And Dara Kerr, who writes... Well, today she's writing for Markup, but she used to write for CNET. This poor friend of mine got deactivated because some passenger wanted to get her money back and claimed that my friend was drunk driving... And Uber is like the LAPD. They will shoot first and then they will never ask yeah. because there's an algorithm for that as well. Um, so long story short, he got deactivated. Mm. And the reason he was deactivated is because he has COPD. He takes this COPD is like the breathing problem. He used to be a heavy oh. smoker. He used to take this cough syrup that emanated the smell of alcohol. Oh. And this, this woman, you know, complained and they deactivated him and never got back on the platform again. Right. So Uber does these nasty things to their drivers. But my, going back to my cabbie friend, he goes, why don't you do this as well? I go, I don't need it. I'm not going to do it. He goes, I'm not going to drive drunks around, you know, and waste my car to pieces. He goes, no, no. He goes, it's really good. You know, let me refer you, whatever, whatever. In those days, there were referral, crazy referral fees. A couple goes, hundred bucks. No, no, more, more. Yeah. A thousand, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred. Well, so again, very early days. Very early days. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And then it was like 2016, we're having dinner with some friends, and one of them said, you know, this Uber thing, you know, is like really growing. But I go, you know, let me tell you something. This is nothing more than algorithms running human, the human race, basically. So I wanted to do like a little research and write a book about like called Uber Stories, uh, because I wanted to just experience what's happening in my backseat. Yes, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's fascinating, right? It is fascinating. Because the, the, the people you get in your car, see, that's the most fun part about the business. Outside, the outside, if you can make good money, it's money. But Totally agree. Right? Because you get all types, all shapes, all races, all behaviors, right? Especially if you're driving drunk hours. Oh, my God, right? And, and they will tell you their whole life story. No, I, yeah, that's when I categorized after driving for like six months. I categorized drunks into three types. I used to do the drunk hours because it would surge and I would make like 60 bucks an hour. <laughs> so I would categorize them in three types of drunks there is a sad drunk yes there is a happy drunk and yes. there's a mad drunk yes right so the sad ones are like hey what's up what's happening i'm like oh my boss fired me my girlfriend jumped me all this sad stuff sob story i'm like playing psychiatrist for half an hour or whatever however long the ride was the happy drunk was like the best they just yes. get in we have a party in the car <laughs> i will never see you again <laughs> get the heck out of my car yes the, the mad ones were the trouble ones because yes. you, one word from you could trigger some ridiculous situation. And me, I've been into those couple of, a few times. Tell me if this yeah. is true. I noticed, and dude, we, we are aligned on this. I noticed it became happy to sad to angry as the night went on. 100%. Around 1 o'clock, maybe 12.30 at night, they were happy. No, even before then. Right. Because yeah. they got their first ones yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. There's still hope for the they're evening. They're a little saucy, but, you know, they're just fun. You right. might get laid. Like, everything's yeah, good. Yeah, 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 But then they don't get laid. Yeah. And they're sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're sad. Or something bad happens yeah, yeah. at the club. 100%. But then at 3 o'clock, yeah. maybe they did get laid, but it was bad. Yeah, not only that, but also, you know, the 3 to 4 o'clock hour is the walk of shame hour, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I. <laughs> Which, which, by the way, I liked driving at that hour. I hated driving at that hour. Because there's no traffic at all. <laughs> no, I know, but even at 2 a.m., there's no traffic. So I, I dealt as well as I could with these, you know, with these uh, mad drunks. Yeah. Because things have gone sideways a few times, quite a few times, actually. Absolutely. So let, let me ask you real quick. I feel like the worst thing that could happen to an Uber driver is somebody pukes in your car. Yeah, it never happened to me. How? Never. From the first day. See, when I when I started, before I even started driving, I would buy my cab buddy lunch after lunch. 
I go, I want you to teach me all the tricks here because when I get out there, I want to make, he was like doing 80 bucks an hour. Yeah. That's master plumber money. I mean, where are you going to make that kind of money on your own schedule on top of that? Driving a dumb car. Or driving a Prius, whatever the heck he was driving. So I'm like, well, where can you make that kind of money? I go, you work one hour, you make 80 bucks. You work two hours, you make 160 bucks. I'm like, come on, man. And, and you can cash out the next day and actually no, have that money. Yeah, no, well, right away you can cash out. Plus gas was not like $8 or whatever it is now, right? So I'm like, so I go, I go, I want you to show me all the tricks. So him being Armenian, he, he and this is nothing to do with our race, by the way. You know, we're very resourceful. Sure, sure sounds like it. It sure sounds like it, yeah. Because we we um <laughs> we try to figure all the tricks out before we do the trade, right? So there is there is there are tricks to driving Uber. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people think you know, oh, that's a big deal. It's not rocket science. You get in a car, you drive. No, there is a super steep learning curve to be a really top one percent driver. Because everybody is slaving for like 12, 18 bucks an hour gross. After expenses, they're losing money. They don't know they're losing money, but they're losing money. Give me one tip that if I started driving today, I need to start doing and, and, and it will help me. Okay. One tip would be um, always think this is not a nine to five job. Drive only when and where there is demand, period. And, and when you say demand, you mean search. Not necessarily. Surge will come with demand. So surge is not a mythical creature. Surge will repeat itself. How do I do, how do I find out where there's demand? You while well, you study. Mm -hmm. That's when that's when studying comes into play. Yes. For the first three months as a newbie, newbie meaning new driver, when I drove, I must have taken hundreds of screenshots and printed them, and that process repeated and the surge repeated pretty much about at the same time of every day on the weekdays so you believe in in you you don't believe that er, that uber manipulates surges uh, nowadays they are oh nowadays they are yeah nowadays they are but in those days we didn't we had a multiplier multiplier meaning you know i could do 3x rides yeah and the rates were a lot higher yep. so i would do maybe i knew for example i knew that between 7 and 9 a.m., there is a shit ton of rides going from Santa Monica to LAX. Yes. Every day of the week. Do you want that ride? Absolutely, I want that ride. It seems relatively short, though. Yeah, it's 60 bucks for eight, 10 miles. If you 60. do it at 3x, at $1.50 a mile. So so you would... Or take the long route, go to 405, 105 if they're tourists, and that makes like a 25-mile ride. Do you ever feel bad about that? None whatsoever. I felt bad once. I no, I picked, I no, up because Uber ate the bill. The, the passenger did not. In those days, Uber never adjusted it. Oh, that's right, because it was upfront. Uh, yeah, yeah, that wasn't upfront. It was by miles and minutes. When upfront showed up, yeah, right. When upfront showed up is when they would, you know, long miling is a trick that a lot of drivers did. Yeah, because it was worth long miling at dollar fifty a mile. Let, 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 let's explain. If you picked up somebody at the Fairmont in Santa Monica. Yep, let's do that. Which is what uh, Wilshire and Ocean. Wilshire and yeah, Ocean. Um. You could take Lincoln to the airport. 100%. And it would take you the exact amount of time as if you were to take the 10 to the 405 to Century or to La Tijera or 10 to the 405 to That's the right. 105 to Be because, Sepulveda. Because Lincoln isn't packed. Lincoln is a disaster. Yeah. A lot of traffic, but it's a straight shot. Yep. But you don't make any money as a driver doing that. Mm, no. Because most of the time you're just sitting. Uh, well, pretty much, yeah. Or driving less than 10 miles an well, hour. Well, uh, let's just tell your listeners that you know, Uber pays by miles and minutes, just like a cab. Right. Um, with a caveat here that Uber is nothing but a cab company with an app, as far as I'm concerned. Of course. 100%. They can say they're a transportation company, they, they're this, they're that, they're the best Bologna. thing to slice bread is garbage. Not so, that I don't so, so taking the 10 to the yeah. 405 to Century. Quicker. It's quicker, but it's a lot longer as far as miles go. Absolutely. So the driver makes more money. 100%. And... If if and that's just one. That's route. just one, but so if, if there's you're many smart, there's lots of ways that you can get from the yeah, but, to West yeah, you can take the 105 and add another five miles to it. But you know, to but, me, but, the important thing is if you're going to LAX, what's the most important thing to you? Get there time, on time. ETA. Yes. Right, because you you're about to get on a plane and you have a set time to that's get right. there. So if I can get you there five minutes faster than Lincoln, yeah, 
and but I drive another 10 miles extra and make another 30 bucks at 3x, I'm gonna do it. I, I'm not doing any airport rides now. Can you? Uh, I don't want to do it. Because once you get at the airport, it's, it's not worth it? Because they're shit. Because, okay, let me, let me explain you to you. You don't want Granada Hills to LAX? Absolutely not. I'm losing money on that ride. Really? At base rates? Well, let's pretend there's a little surge. 1.5. There's, there's no more 0.5. See, they took that away. Now what, there's, what? A, there's a penny surge now. There's a flat rate surge. So they say eight dollars. And you then when keep... you turn your app on, it goes down to four. They steal Does half it really? of it. I have screenshots from this weekend. I have screenshots. Uber, why are you doing this to your people? Uh, because they're dumb. Well, they'd say they're not our people. Uh, of course they're not. <laughs> we're in. The, we're 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 the we're the so-called independent contractors. But it's false advertising. <laughs> if you think you're gonna get an eight dollar bonus, well, on they, this they ride. got into trouble with that. They paid a hefty price for it, but Good. then they're still doing it. But okay, let, let's. What is the ride you want then? The, ride, made, the made, ride I want is the profitable ride. You made three hundred dollars <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, three forty-one in seven hours. How many trips? Eighteen. I can't. Do all that. eighteen. All eighteen were surge rides. Surge meaning. And surge meaning anywhere between six and ten dollars. And okay, so the ten dollar bonus one that you got. Hmm. Did it say ten when you when you clicked the button? No, they, when 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 the re, when the request comes in, it shows you as ten. It could be higher. 10. It says minimum of ten, but it could be higher. Okay, so you take it. Yeah. Do you know nowadays where it's going to go? Before in California, you... to a point. In twenty twenty or twenty four cities, Uber just announced this new scheme. Yeah. Which they called it. Harry had this guy on the other day, Dennis Cinelli, their Uber head of marketing. Mm -hmm. Um. He lies like every other executive lies at Uber. <laughs> he goes, this is what we're going to do now. This We're going to rebalance the rates. I'm going like, I, I, I call that refreshes, you know, bad, bad memories <laughs> in my head. Because so when you, every time you hear Uber say rebalance, <laughs> transparent, yeah. and convenient, run. Right. <laughs> it's a cut. <laughs> run of course yeah because that's what happened every time they said that you know that three dollars and 25 cents a mile in 2010 do you know what la drivers get paid is today? it 80 cents now 60 cents mama mia yeah mama mia you know what the irs deduction is this year what's that 58 and a half okay so how many penny and a half do i have left here <laughs> are you so, kidding me so bro? you pick up this you, you you see a surge yeah it says you're gonna ten dollars i bonus. get there before the surge happens because i know the patterns like like like, I have a library of screenshots in my head. You know where to go. I know where to be before it happens. Let me ask you this. I like to be near airports. I'm sorry, uh, hotels. I don't care about any of them. Really? None whatsoever. You just know neighborhoods. I know neighborhoods, when they're going to surge, what neighborhoods are going to surge, in what order. Okay, so this $10... So position yourself there before it surges. These $10 surges. Before all the ants go to sugar. Hold on. <laughs> You get this $10 surge. Yeah. You kind of know where it's going to go? No. In California, I know where you it's going to go. You don't know where it's going to go. I know where you it's going to go. You do know where it's going to go. Yeah. Okay. I know how far the pickup is. Good. I know how far the ride is. Great. I know the rating of the passenger, and I know their name. Okay. If they have a name. Okay. Where do you want this $10 ride to go? As short as possible. Interesting. I want to do shorty after shorty. You want as many $10 bonuses as you can. Absolutely. Because that's worth more money than going out to Pacoima. 100%. Okay, let me explain to you. There is four. <laughs> I, I can't use that in Granada Hills because Pacoima is pretty close. Pacoima is pretty close, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I have, I, there's four matrix for the profitability um, score of a driver. Yeah. Four. One, door to door time. Yes. A lot of drivers lie to themselves. They look at app on time, which Uber will send you happily. <laughs> then now they broke it down to not only app on time or online time, yeah. they have an active time. Active time is from the time you accept a ride to the time you finish a ride, which is always going to be less than online time. Yes. And my fourth mate, for personally myself, which I do spreadsheets every time I drive, I still do it. Wow. Well, I, I can't do it any other way. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by you. Uh, how, how, do you how do you do it otherwise? This is my small business. I, I lose money. 
Of course you lose money. If you don't do these things, you're going to lose money. So I'm, I'm my own small business. Okay. But, but, but let, let, let's go back to you're going to pick up this person. Yeah. You're going to want the shortest ride ever. 100%. 10 to 12 minutes or less or 15 also, minutes or less. Also, I would imagine that a short ride allows you to get back. To I don't need to get back because it's going to keep me where the surge is at. Because it's so short. Yeah, because it's so short. Like pick up. Here's my rule of thumbs. We'll never pick you up if you're a mile and a half, more than a mile and a half away. Yes. We'll never pick you up if these are my business rules for yeah. myself. For every driver, it should be this way. I will never pick you up if you're more than five minutes away. Mm -hmm. Because let some other sucker get you. And that's it, right? But I, I, Can I add to that? Yeah. I won't pick you up if you live in the Hollywood Hills. 100% not. Are there other neighborhoods that you won't pick people up in? Uh, probably, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the reason that we don't pick up people in the Hollywood Hills. It, you can't get in, you can't get out. It's the Roach Motel up there. It takes it's forever. Just, it's no and, and then when you get there, they pretend like, oh. Yeah, why are you so Uber's late? Uber's here? Yeah. I'll and be then right they make down. you wait another five minutes in front of and the door. And then they text you to say, well, we'll be right down. Yeah. It's like, don't text me. That yeah, takes yeah. time. Be ready to go. Be ready get to go. Get your ass in the car, buddy. I, lo I love that we're, on, on, we're together on that one. So you take these little short rides. Yeah, yeah. What happens if they're in the ride, in the car, and they're like, oh, we're just picking up my girlfriend? Excuse. I can't do stops. Do you kick them out? No. I can't do stops. Your final destination is your ride. And that's it? Because I have to go home. What about... Uh, these I have to pick up my son if it's during the day. I have to pick up my kids from school. I have a doctor's appointment. If it's middle of the night, 8 o'clock in Santa Monica, I have a dinner appointment. I have to be here. I'm here anyway, so thank you so much. Get the fuck out. What's your rating, by the way? 4.96. Look at you. Everybody loves you. Everybody loves you. Do you me. carry water in your car? Absolutely not. Never you, did. Uh, phone chargers. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, it got stolen, actually. So now they're not going to get that either. I had an iPhone charger in the back. Somebody stole it. I go, no more. How often do you uh, wash your car? Mm, once every couple of weeks. In California, it's kind of easy to keep it. So you're car. not trying to, like, overdo Couldn't care it? less. Because the passengers don't care? Tony. Tony. Yes, sir. I'm an independent contractor. Remember? Yes. I'm in this for me. I'm not in it for the passenger. I'm not in it for Uber. I'm not in it for Lyft. I'm in it for me. I'm trying to make the most amount of money in the least amount of time. Do you have a dash cam in your car? Not yet. Do you think that's a good idea for drivers? I, at this, in this day and age, absolutely. Because with all the carjackings and all the stabbings going on, absolutely. Do you still drive uh, after midnight? Absolutely not. I make sure I'm <laughs> home by 10. <laughs> me too. There's not a chance There's you catch me doing there. There's not a chance you catch me driving anywhere past 10 o'clock. Does your beautiful wife worry about you when you're out there driving? No. Do you care about traffic? After, after, after all the stories she's heard, she goes, you know what you're doing. I'm not going to worry about you it. Initially, it. she was like worried, sick about it. My mom couldn't believe I was yeah, doing Yeah, yeah. She goes like, you know, she would say like, okay, you know, what's the first thing you heard as a child? Don't get in a stranger's car. That's right. <laughs> That's what we do every day. That's right. You know, we wake up strangers in our private cars. How about this traffic in L.A.? Horrible. Are you okay with it, though? Absolutely. It makes the search better. Do you, <laughs> do you use Waze? Huh, no, 100% not. Really? Only Google. You prefer Google? Yeah, Waze is... Well, Google owns Waze. You know that, right? Yeah, but I okay. thought that Waze was yeah, better. Yeah, well, that was three years ago, four years ago. Oh, times have changed. Yeah, times have changed. People's backyards have become freeways now, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, because Waze would make you do like 18 turns to save four seconds. I'm like, look, buddy, if you're in that kind of rush, you could have gotten in my car earlier. You know, that's, I have like I have like a New York man cabbie mentality when it comes to Uber and Lyft. So it's my car. It's yeah. my space. You're a guest in my car. It's my private car. Don't treat me like a, you know, chauffeur, your private chauffeur. It's not your car, you know, or a GTFO. Right. There's the door. So I'm like, hey, buddy, I don't say these things. I'm very cordial. Like even on my bio and Uber, it says cordial, prompt, no nonsense, timely. Those are the four words I use for myself. When, when, what music are you playing in your car? None. It's silent in your car? Completely. I'd rather have a conversation for an RSG article. Oh. Oh, I hand, I hand you my card. I go, I'm not blowing smoke up your butt. You, you have a card? I'll give you one. Interesting. Yeah. Should, should Uber drivers have cards? Absolutely. To poach rides, private rides. That's a good idea. 100%. Because you, you fall in love with each other. Mm -hmm. Why well, not? not? Don't stop push that. Time. Well, yeah. you know. You're a good driver. You have a clean car. They you know, live within two miles of your house. So that's they're important. business people. They go to LAX, come back from LAX all the time. 
So why not just call you? Uber is going to charge you 60 bucks. Pay the driver 20. Right. Give me the 60 bucks. No, you know what? Better deal. I'll charge you 55. You save money. I make more money. I'll drop you off. Then I'm now. See, okay. You have to understand something. I live in the suburbs, as you know, Granada Hills. Beautiful suburbs. Not too many rides out here, right? Yeah. I have to I have to have tricks to get into the center, city center. Yes. Where all the action is. Well, I have ways to do that, of course. So one of the ways is having private rides, right? Yeah. Early morning rides to LAX, 536. Get your ass up. If you want to make money, that's how you're going to do it. Once you're at LAX, what do you do then? Oh, 100% not wait there. Where do you go? Five miles up Lincoln, Marina del Rey. You don't go to the beach communities? Uh, south, Manhattan? Yeah. Absolutely not. I ask because I get frustrated down there because the rides are so short. You don't want that. You want, okay. You just told is, me is, I do. No, no. You don't want to go to Manhattan Beach. You want to go to Santa Monica. Because? Because that's where the ride, morning rush hour is about to start. There, people aren't driving in, in Manhattan and Redondo? And... Uh, yeah, but that's south of the... But, okay, you have to also understand there is something called on Uber's incentive system. Yeah. It's called a CRB. I call it a CRB. It's called consecutive ride bonus. Yes. So basically Uber's idea is you have to do three rides to get extra cash. Yeah. So when the pandemic was ending, August, September, when I started driving again, because yeah. I didn't drive during the pandemic, didn't do food delivery, didn't do anything. Good for you. I didn't need it. So I don't want to get sick. Um, but what I did was to get the drivers back, Uber was offering on top of a quest, which is like a certain thing, certain amount of rides. 40 you rides get, like, for 300 40 rides for it. Yeah. So the best one I got to entice me back in was 20 rides for $250. Ooh. Ooh. It, but that means you cannot uh, decline any rights, right? Absolutely. I can decline all my to my heart's desire. I don't have to do 20 in a row. I just got to do 20. Really? Oh, yeah. That's big money. 20 through the day? No. Monday through Friday. But it's a consecutive ride. No, no. That's the addition. That's in addition to the quest. Forget the quest for a second. Quest is the 24,250. I understand. Right. But you were saying three rides for a little at, bonus. At the, at, at not a little bonus. For 30 bucks. But but I can't deny deny any of those ones. Well, no, once you accept the first one, you have to do three consecutive rides. But you're willing to do that for 30 bucks. Okay, let's do the math. <laughs> 24,250. That's $12.50 per ride. Yeah. I'm ahead already. Yes. I haven't done, I haven't accepted any rides yet. Add the three consecutive rides, three for 30. That's another 10 bucks per ride. Yes. So I'm up 2250. I haven't accepted a ride yet. I do one shorty, two shorties, three shorties. In, but how do you in know one hour? How do you know they're going to be short though? That's because I use my destination filter. You can use those on the the bonus. Oh, absolutely! Things? You are a genius. Destination filter, by the way, Uber and Lyft allows you to have three or four in a day. Two, two in a day. Two each. Where you say two on each platform. I want to go in this direction. Yeah. Sometimes they don't care. Uh, no, there's tricks to that though. But they there's, do. Oh, there's hundred percent tricks okay. to that. read all your tricks because you are just uh, full of knowledge and that ride chair guy you're giving away all these tricks i they can't do it i'm sorry they can't do it they read it they still can't do it i by the way i'm the la ride chair coach for the ride chair guy i coach people like this like they pay me like money and i coach them well i can see why okay but i only not coach them in la so i coached a guy no joke in atlanta last week yeah told them exactly this because you know what all cities have their own rhythm that's right. But most time, most of the time, they will not change. They're yeah. still, they all have major airports. Yeah. There'll be airport rides. There'll be morning rush hour. There'll be evening rush hour. There'll be weekend bar hops. These things don't change. Right. So the rhythm of a city, you know, the layout may be different, but the rhythm doesn't change. A big city, especially. Yeah. So you do the same thing I'm doing in LA. Yeah. I did. I coached him for like an hour and a half. I can show you his screenshots. He goes, I cannot believe it. I just made $44 an hour doing what you, what you just told me to do. I've in Atlanta, where this guy never grossed more than 25 bucks. Right. So whatever you pay me as a rideshare driver coach, you're going to get that money back in like two days or three days. Maybe. I've got a 2011 Benz. Mm, are they still allowing that? That's what I'm asking you. I, I don't know. I have to Uber changes the list, so I don't know. Should I get a rental car? Mm. 
Because because the pros and cons because of rentals. Because I, I have an association with a rental car company called Drive Sally. So um, I look. Let me tell you this. Okay, if you know what you're doing, yeah, you could get a rental with unlimited mileage. Because because the pros and cons of of using a rental for Uber, especially through Uber, yeah. is they'll pay for your insurance. Mm, okay. They used to. Okay. The wear and tear, obviously. Obviously, you don't care about that part. Yeah. And 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 you're beating up somebody else's car, not your own. They're expensive. They are. Yeah. But if but if if I'm making like Uber and Lyft, Uber and Hertz came up with this Hertz um, uh, Tesla Model Three EV yeah. revolution, whatever. Yeah. A friend of mine did it. It cost him like five hundred and thirty bucks for the week, the car. But but you're making three hundred in a day. Yeah, but that's five thirty a week just for the car. You have to work. You have to make get two of those days. Look, you have to average I'm 50. Working, I'm working two days just 50, for the car. You just paid the car. Right. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. Okay. A regular ICE car, ICE internal combustion engine car, is definitely worth it. If you're going to do a rental, you can get it like a Prius. as low as, uh, no, like a regular rental, medium size. But I want a Prius can, these days, don't I? Uh, not, you know, honestly, these gas prices, I don't think are making that much of a difference. Actually, it's helping the better drivers because it's creating a driver shortage again. Interesting. Yeah, because we did a survey on RSG and... 53% said they're either totally quit or driving much less. I this go, is, to knock yourselves out. This is rideshareguy.com. Ride this is rideshareguy.com. And they yeah. should look for you. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap this up with Armenian food. Yes, do it. Wow, that's a big jump now. I told you I'm a big jumper. Okay, jump. Let's go. I ate some raw beef at Carousel in Little Armenia. The one in uh, Hollywood or yes. Glendale? Uh, I, I don't remember because my mind was gone. It was Glendale. Actually, you're right. I, I thought it was supposed to be in Hollywood. And yeah. I'm like, where's everybody? They're like, we're in Glendale. So I go to, to Glendale. Uh, and, they, and they put this dish in front of me. Yeah. Bloody red. That looks just like raw beef. Yeah, it was. With a, with a little maybe cilantro or some green stuff. Yeah, a little parsley. Some, some oil, olive oil. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, is this a joke? Die. Are you going to, is this, is, this, uh, is this a test to see if I'm cool? It was delicious. That's like the fear factor. <laughs> what was this incredible <clears throat> dish called? It's called, called kibbe. So it's, a, it's not an Armenian dish, actually. It's an Arabic dish. But it's, it's mostly a Middle Eastern dish. Uh, I exactly don't know what it is. I've eaten it a million times. Kibbet. Kibbe. 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 Yeah. K-E-B-B-E. -E. Kibbe. I loved it. Right. Oh, it was great. Yeah. But you know what? It's not just raw beef. There is uh, obviously spices in there. But there is also um, bulgur wheat, like uh, cracked wheat, we call it. Like oh. you, you, you know, it changes the texture a little bit, right? But it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. But you have to eat that. Look, eating anything raw obviously could be dangerous to your health. <laughs> like you wouldn't do that with chicken, let's say, or pork. Right. But with, with quality meat, you can eat it raw and you'll be fine. What's an Armenian dish that I should try next? Well, I don't know why you had, so... No, I'm saying, obviously, I'm thinking that this is Armenian. You're saying right. it's not. It's Arabic. Yeah, it's not. But, like, uh, look, it, Armenian food is pretty much like any Middle Eastern food. Like, if you ask an Armenian who invented the hummus, <laughs> right. they go, Israelis would jump, say, yeah, we did it. And then the, 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 the Syrians would go, no, we did it before you did. You know, it's just like... You know, spaghetti was invented invented by the Chinese, not by Italians. So, right. but you know, there's no like so true Armenians history that invented I know. hummus. No, they didn't. Good for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, if you're gonna have true, authentic Armenian food, yes. right? Find a mom and pop shop okay. that makes, um, you know, none of this kebab stuff because that exists everywhere. Like you can right. have a kebab now at California Chicken Cafe or whatever it is. I'm like, I'm like, who cares? But if you want true, authentic Armenian food, like things like dolma, dolma is like stuffed, you know, grape leaves or stuffed uh, zucchini and things like that. In Glendale, I'm sure, or in Hollywood, for sure, you'll find this. Uh, mom and pop restaurant that cooks what they eat at home, as opposed to your generic kebab, this kebab. Does, does Northridge or uh, uh, Granada Hills have uh, any good Armenian? Yeah, yeah, they have a couple. Um, there used to be one called Olympia. They, I think they shut down. Um, there's something. There's another kebab place there now. I think it's a Persian one. Um, there are a couple spots, nothing majors. But if I want to eat Armenian food, right, um, I would go most likely to one of these names that you talked about, the Carousel, or or um, there is a 
Syrian Armenian guy that's doing some wonderful Armenian food in Sherman Oaks, so I would go there. Uh, Van Owen and and uh, I forget the name of it. Sarkis, Sarkis's. Sarkis. Yeah, which is my actually, by the way, Armenian name. Ah. Yeah, I changed it to Sergio. Where else do you like to eat here in uh, Granada Hills? I love food, by the way. Right. So uh, as you can tell, <laughs> I haven't missed too many meals. You look fine. You look healthy. Uh, yeah, well, I haven't, but. Uh, I'm also very critical of what I eat because Good. I am a chef. I went to culinary school for three years. I, you know, I do see a lot of. Uh, uh, tools I can in cook your at any restaurant I want, very comfortably without chopping my fingers off. And you have a giant box of Starbucks coffee on your. Yeah, oven. that came this weekend, and I was like, <laughs> I, I love coffee. But so any, uh, I so am, What's the best? What's the best restaurant in Granada Hills? Oh, that's a tough one. No, it's easy. Really? Yes. President Barack Obama is here, and you want, and he's like. Like, man. not fast food, obviously. No. And, he, and he's like, take me to a nice restaurant in Granada Hills. Okay, right in the neighborhood. Again, I, see, I am horrible with names. I, I have okay. a photographic memory. I can remember a face from 50 years ago, but I am horrible with names. That's why I'm what, not One of politics. the great things about Uber is <laughs> you have to learn the streets. Yes. Which I love knowing That's the one thing now. I loved about Uber, by yeah. the way, because I went to places that I had never been in 30 years in LA. That's right. Right? That's right. That's wonderful. Yes. It is. Which, by the way, inspired this podcast. Okay, cool. This podcast is about going to every neighborhood in L.A. Yep. Because driving Uber, like you just said, you end up in every nook and cranny. And you look around and you say, I never thought this was like this. This is so beautiful. Or, mamma mia, this is not so beautiful. Yeah. But for the most part, wow, this is a cool place. 100%. And these are beautiful people. That I'm telling you, that's one of the perks of driving Uber. There yes. aren't too many left. Right. At 60 cents a mile, honestly, you're like, you're just... Just crumbs on the Uber and left dinner but table. But you here. have figured out how to turn those. Crumbs. I, I figured the lemon into lemonade, no problem. So give me a great place in Granada Hills. I'm gonna tell you, but I have to Google the name now. Um, well, describe it to me then. Okay, there was there is a show on uh, TV called Iron Chef. Yes. Okay, <laughs> there was an American version of that. Uh -huh. um, the kid who either, I think he was in the top three. Yeah. He just. He not just about year, right when the pandemic was subsiding, yeah. he opened the spot literally like a mile and a half from here. Oh, yeah, he opened the spot on Chatsworth right here, Chatsworth and Zelza. Zelza. Zelza and Chatsworth. What a good name. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> and that's in Granada Hills. That's in Granada Hills. What kind of food? Um, I would say solid. American food, but not your like typical burgers and stuff. Like you yeah. would get a great short rib there, or you would Ooh. get, yeah, like really. Uh, actually, for Granada Hills, pretty upscale. Yeah. Right. The price is reasonable, but he started with like a little hole in the wall with just breakfast. Yesterday or the day before, when I was driving by to pick up my daughter from school, I go, "Holy crap! This guy took over like three stores in a row." Yeah. And now he's open for lunch and dinner, so we're definitely gonna go visit that guy. Two minutes. Tell me what the best thing is about raising kids in Granada Hills. Um, best thing, great schools, public schools. Ah. Probably the top public schools in, in, in California, honestly. Huh. Uh, although they're part of LAUSD, both my kids for elementary and now my daughter as well, they're, they're all going to charter schools. Uh -huh. Fantastic schooling, right? Um, you can't beat that. I mean, I know public schools come with a little bit of you know, stigma attached, but yeah. wonderful, wonderful schools. So that's number one. Number two is very safe. I mean, yes. you know, look where I live, right? I mean, who's going to come up here and kidnap my kid? <laughs> they, so, they've they've got to be looking for your kid to come all the yeah, way up here. Yeah, another good thing is like... Uh, and skip I, a whole bunch of kids on the I way. I don't get trick-or-treaters here. <laughs> because by the time they walk up the hill, they're dead. <laughs> so just, just that they want to they try once and they don't want to come back here again. So, you know, no, they're wonderful. I mean, Granada Hills is wonderful. It has grown quite a bit. The The breakdown of the population is changing. There used to be obviously a lot of Caucasian, older white folks here, retired. Mm -hmm. Well, they're moving on because they can sell their house to an Armenian for a million and a half dollars that they never dreamed of they could. <laughs> so that's right. what they're doing now. So, so the people on this block are paying about a million and a half for these? A minimum, yeah. These are beautiful houses for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get coyotes? But you get a lot for your money here. Do you get coyotes? Absolutely. I get all kinds here. Because you're, you're really close to these mountains over here. We're in the nature. I get coyotes. I've had 
two or three rattlesnakes in the backyard. Wow. And my uh, tarantulas, Whoa. a lot of rabbits. Huh. I get, I get, I'm with nature here. I mean, I get all of wow. them here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not afraid of those things, but uh, my kids and my wife are absolutely deadly uh, afraid of all the stuff. So I'm the term terminator or termite control guy here. <laughs> Sergio, this has been a pleasure. I'm going to go to ride your guy. I'm going to read all your articles. I'm going to see if my Mercedes can still do the thing. Oh, we can do that when the podcast ends. And, um, <laughs> And I hope everybody that's listening to this gets used their driver. Yeah, I, well, look, you know, like I said to you on my bio, I said cordial, prompt, no nonsense, and timely. Those are me. If you have any, if you want to talk to me, I'll talk to you. If you don't want to talk to me, you know, get on your Facebook page and check your likes out. No problem. You want, you have to ask for music for me to play it because when you get in my car, there is no music. I'd rather have a conversation because... What we just did is lacking in this day and age in our lives a lot more than anything else. Yes. You know, so let the algorithms run maybe 20 hours of your life and keep four for yourself. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. How great was Sergio? You know who we wouldn't mind getting stuck in an Uber pool with on Stop and Go Freeway? Our Patreons. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, here's a tip for taking us somewhere we never expected. Here's some cash for a mic stand. Here's a little do-re-mi for a new Cubs hat for ye. Every donation you hand over keeps us in this insane project a-rollin'. So shout out to Patreons, Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinky, Ben Welsh, Henry Furman, Jen Adams, The Lonely Chair, Trevor Wilson, and Bree Wild. Want to hear your name at the end of next week's show? Go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. Also, shout out to our Angelinos. To be an Angelino, just fork over 25 bucks or more, and we will list you on our Here in LA website forever. You'll also be given a number to denote how early you got in to make this dream come alive. Angelino number one is Allie Miller. Number two is George Wright. Three, Rita Joanne. Four, Jason Sutter. Five, Grant Houghton. Six, Rob Baker. Seven is Kev Chang. And eight is Brenda Garcia. Just PayPal your hard-earned cash or Bitcoin to busblog at gmail.com. Want to support us, but you bet it all on Duke and the NCAAs? No problemo. You can still help. Post your favorite episode on Facebook. Stick it on Twitter. Put five of them on Twitter. Tweet something nice about us. Tell your friends. Tell them how here in LA is spelled. And then it's on Google and Apple and Spotify. Here in LA is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a man who always tips his Uber driver, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by... Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgo and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating this logo, Jen for inspiring this, and Harry the Rideshare Guy. Five stars! Five stars!